and welcome to the Factor 50 podcast, the podcast where comedians spill the tea on all their holiday misadventures. Joining us this week, we have the fantastic Raul Coley. Hey, babes. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, thank you. A little bit ropey. I went a bit too wild for the uh, Eurovision in Queen's Jubilee weekend. Oh, sh- are you a Eurovision fan? I did watch it and I had a few drinks watching it. It's very fun. But I, I wouldn't sound like a regular. You know, some people get dressed up, have parties. I'm not quite that vibe. Don't get the bunting out just for Eurovision. I literally put the bunting up for Eurovision. <laughs> no, like I literally have, I literally have bunting like in the corner of this room right now. All the different flags and that. You betcha. Except what they don't actually sell like official Eurovision bunting, so I had to buy like a rugby Euros one. <laughs> so it has like whales. So I'm like no. That would be money, to be fair, if they, like, just released right? that. If they, like, branded themselves like FIFA and you had, like, right? a video game and stuff, you could do, like, karaoke Eurovision on the I PlayStation. Mean... <laughs> yes! They, they do have Eurovision merch. Like, they have, like, you can buy, like, fridge magnets and shit, but, like, who fucking cares? Like, we want the bunting. Like, we want the party goods. <laughs> like, for God's sake. They should... I bet you anything they'll make, like, Sam Ryder bunting. That would, fly... that would fly off the shelves. He's, like, the national hero now, isn't he? Oh, yeah, no. I'm thinking of, like, an RPG where you could be, like, Sam Ryder. You know, kipping on couches in his early days at the Weatherspoons for the one pound refillable coffee. And then you make journey. different choices and then you get to the, the Eurovision in the finale. The journey to fame. Oh, my God. <laughs> Incredible. Wait, so you did watch it then? Yeah, I watched bits. I watched bits. I was on a train from Aberdeen to Edinburgh, so my stream was cutting in and out. But I watched it and had a few beers on the way down. That sounds stunning. But yeah, I mean, the train Wi-Fi is not good enough. You need oh, full God, attention. No, it's almost like it's a prerequisite for all train wi-fi is that the wi-fi just doesn't work yeah shit and then you try and join and you try and do like your 4g and that doesn't fucking work because you're in like the middle of nowhere that works for a bit and then it starts cutting out and it's just back and forth then you try and connect on the wi-fi then you go back to the 4g just over and over like satan's toggle is what i'll call it (laughs) satan's toggle (laughs) you heard it here first (laughs) and the wi-fi blocks you from going on adult sites which i don't appreciate that is so rude. Although, I mean, come on. You really For the record, I don't watch porn on trains. I was going like, to say, if are I wanna, you watching porn if... on the Vanity West Coast? No, <laughs> no like, it's like going like a news article that's like 18 plus or I watch like a football stream. They're like, oh no, you're not, you're not allowed. A news, what news article is 18 plus, mate? I'm sorry. I'm not having this. <laughs> yeah, I've absolutely just put myself on there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to edit that out. <laughs> yeah, please you... do. Please do. <laughs> I'm like that Tory MP, but on trains, it's even worse. <laughs> yeah, that is, yeah. No, at least you're not at work. I mean, you're kind of on your commute to make... work. Yeah, you have to bear in mind as a road comic, I spend most of my waking day on trains. So, like, I gotta find time somewhere. <laughs> oh, God. Amazing. Amazing. Um, right, well, shall we, shall we get into it? Shall we get into the theme of the podcast? Um, let's go. Let's do it. So, what, let's go with, let's start with the best holiday. What was, what was the best holiday ever for you? best holiday oh, oh it's probably a toss-up oh between two okay we've probably got the options. first time i went the first time i went traveling just after school when i was 18 and me and my mate instead of deciding to go on like a a lad's holiday for a week with a big group to like magaluf mm. or i'd be for us something we worked out we could probably spend the same amount doing four weeks in rain around europe smart choice smart cho- intellectual choice as well i'd say well yeah what well, you know like 
you try and pass it off as intellectual, but like it's like it's just the same as a lad's holiday, except for it lasts four weeks. You get pissed every night, but in the day you go, "Ooh, look at that church! Isn't that nice?" You know, in the fourteen hundreds, that ooh, a thousand Catholics were slaughtered outside of here. Ooh, wild! And then you go get pissed again. Like that's it. You know what I mean? Instead of sitting on the beach here and there, you're pretending to take in history, but it is pretending. Oh, 100 percent. The guys of the lad's holiday. <laughs> oh my exactly god. That. So what, it was just two also, of you though as well. It was just two of you. Yeah, just two okay. of us. That's more civilized as well. Oh. No, it wasn't civilized in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty wild, to be fair. The first time I went in real, I only got stabbed in Switzerland, of all places. What? Switzerland. You... Wow. Like, I've been to Serbia, I've been to Poland, the Czech Republic, Croatia, not an ounce of trouble. And then I went to Switzerland and nearly got stabbed. How, who gets stabbed in the neutral country? We're getting to Switzerland and we're getting to town and we're like, we're interrailing, so we ain't got much money. We're just like fresh out of school. And so instead of like obviously going to the bar and club, especially in like Geneva and getting like on it because it's like 10 euros for a single <laughs> vodka and coke. Not we bad. go at the shops to get like a bottle of vodka. But we go at the shop at like quarter past nine or something. And the shopkeeper tells us that apparently there's a law in Switzerland that means you can't, you can't buy alcohol after 9, 9 p.m. Anyway, yeah, like, uh, 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 so we're in there and we can't, we can't buy the booze. And we start trying to like butter up the shopkeeper and he tells us he's from like Kashmir, Pakistan. So I start pretending I'm from Kashmir, Pakistan to get on with him and start kicking off about India, which my mother and my grandparents, oh my God, they would have been furious. They would have been furious if they found out that I was stood there pretending to be Pakistani. Uh, after all you went India. through, after all you went through. After all they went through, like refugees and all that. Uh, but you know, needs must. I need to get a bottle of vodka in Switzerland and it was 9.15. You got to hustle. Exactly. So like, we're putting him up and he gave us the... Uh, the bottle of vodka he sold it to us like under the counter my friends have never ever let me let me live this down unfortunately and they're white as well but they still just ripped me um, <laughs> but we got the bottle of vodka and then we were just sat out like on the street drinking it there was like no police around because switzerland there's just no crime and like these this kid comes up to us with like his older brother they look like i don't know a moroccan algerian or something like that and like one of them says something to it. The older guy said something to us in French. We didn't really understand. But the younger kid's like, oh, he's asking if we can have a, a swiggy of vodka. And we're like, well, like, you know, traveling. Everyone's been lovely to us so far. It's, it's Switzerland. These guys look a bit shady. But what could go wrong? We're like, yeah, mate, help yourself. And like we give him the bottle of vodka. And he just stares off in the distance. Doesn't even like look at us. Just stares away from us and just starts swigging it. And just doesn't stop swigging it. I like, just oh won't give it God. back. And we're just... Sat there like any minute now, it'll pass it back. He seems like a nice guy. This, this <laughs> is fine. And she just keeps swigging it. Eventually, I get fed up and I like grab the bottle of vodka out of his hands. And he like squares up to me and he's like, No, speak English. And I think I'm solid as hell. I square back up to him and I'm like, No, poly français, thinking I'm solid. And then my mate just taps on the shoulder. He's like, Now nah, look at his pocket. And he's just whipped out a knife. Over like a 75 CL bottle of water, uh, bottle of vodka. And I'm just like, okay, yep. I don't speak French, but I speak that. Yes, I'm off, mate. Yes, and he yes. just Au revoir. absolutely <laughs> He started running after us, but luckily we got away. And uh, yeah, he got stabbed in Switzerland. I got so pissed that night. I am um, climbing into my hostel bed. Didn't make the bed. Wait, what? Like, like, I just got bed? halfway up. Just got, yeah, got halfway up the ladder. And then she's called me a day there. <laughs> and then he came in. No, she's hanging off the ladder. See and like a really bad cough. 
Yeah, I had a really bad cough the next morning. I was coughing like mad, keeping like everybody up my hospital dorm up. And they were like, oh, yeah, uh, maybe you should just like go downstairs, get some fresh air, get some water down here. Because they were just clearly getting annoyed by how much I was coughing. Mm. But I was like, that, I mean, I went downstairs, got like a glass of water, like a bottle of water from the vending machine. And you know, like they have like sofas in like a hotel lobby. Yeah. And you know, like it has like, you know, you got the back here, then it goes down like that. And then it comes to the edge and like you can sort of, I'm sat there with like my legs off the edge, like on the side like that. There's a group of like Chinese tourists behind me. And apparently like I just finished my water. And then just fell asleep again on top of the Chinese. T- <laughs> on top of them? <laughs> they were too polite and didn't want to wake me up. <laughs> and my mate came down like 10 minutes later and just saw them try to like sort of navigate this Asian man asleep on top of them. Which like, oh my God, I'm so, so sorry. It just like dragged me up. It's like, sorry <laughs> about him. Sorry At about him. At what point did you wake up and realise you were just on someone? <sighs> I, I was just like, you know, when you're just that mashed. And the only yeah. thing keeping you up is because you're ill, like you need the toilet or you've just got a cough that is keeping you up. It was one of them. And then I was just that underslept that when I went downstairs and I had the water and hydrated myself, I was just back out again and wasn't even conscious of just, it just seemed like a nice pillow. It's like my head, that <laughs> person's knee was like a nice place to rest my head. Wait, so your head was on his knee? That's so knees. intimate. Like my Both back kn- and head was like over the knees, over like two people. <laughs> so you were like fully spread. <laughs> Yeah, just funny, like, like pay me like one of your French girls. <laughs> and they're just like, oh no, what do we do here? How do we deal with this human being? That's so funny. I feel like anyone else would be like, get the fuck off me, but they were just like, oh, maybe we'll let him sleep. <laughs> That's so cute. Oh, bless. Detroit was probably my favorite place I visited in America. Really? Planet. Everyone said, like, everyone said, oh, you know, like, I basically planned my America tour of where my favorite rappers are from. Of course. And that is apparently not how you should plan an America tour. <laughs> I ended up in some absolutely lunatic places. Uh, in Detroit, like every American I tell when I was on the way to Detroit, I was stopping at Detroit, like, why are you going to Detroit? It's like, you're going to die. It's yeah, it's, r- I heard, I it's quite rough now. Yeah. yeah but I got the Greyhound from there to uh, Chicago and I got on quite early in the morning. I sat next to this young like, African-American guy. He was really nice. He was really friendly. He was like, you noticed I had a Samsung. And he asked me if I had like a spare charger because his phone was out of battery and he needed to, he was waiting on a call. And I was like, yeah, no problem. Here you go. And then he started like, asking me about what I was doing there and kind of like, you know, I've got like, you got a fancy accent, What brings you to Detroit? And I was just like, I explained it. I was just backpacking, traveling. He's like, man, that's really cool. This week, anyway, I'm getting this phone call, man. But we'll talk later. We'd really got on. Like, we, we talked yeah. about a lot and we really got on like a house on fire. But he answers his call he's waiting on. He just comes out with his, and again, it's just one of those culture shots. We're just like, what the? Like, he just answered the phone, and like all I heard was this. He's like, yeah, nah, bro. So what happened was this, uh, 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 uh. Yo, I fucked her, right? right? Sorry, come now, on. I ain't seen nothing. I ain't run my mouth. She told the whole hood. Now, her brother thinks I made her look like a slut. Now, you know me, dog. I'm going looking for fights. I'm going to pick up a fight. But see if this man don't want to pick a fight with me. I will shoot him square in his motherfucking face. Put <laughs> the phone down. And then he just looks at me looking a bit awkward. He just sort of looks over and just goes, don't worry about it, dog. It's personal problems. You know, I'm sure you got some. And he's like, oh, yeah. yeah. Like- <laughs> Shooting motherfuckers in the face all the time I am. <sighs> Happens all the time in Newcastle. Yeah. <laughs> Every day, gun violence. Big I love that he went. I love that that. Of England. I love that that call was scheduled. <laughs> like- <laughs> he was waiting. Up now. It was like a business meeting for him. About who was he was going to shoot, I was just like, yeah, 
every day. You know, you've got to get your admin out of the way. You've got to send those emails threatening to was kill people. Was it in like the Google Calendar? <laughs> like it's my first time using Airbnb in like 2015. It was quite new. They don't have like the yeah the levels of, of of scrutiny for people who are renting out rooms that they do now. Mm. And so like I basically I was going to go to Miami. It probably was a mistake in hindsight. I decided to go to Atlanta because Vice had released like a documentary. I'm like hip hop from Atlanta. And I was like, ooh, that looks cool. Let's go there. I get to the, the bus station the next morning, get an Uber to the, to the gaff. And it, I get the Uber and the Uber driver's like, yo, man, why are you going to, why are you going to this area? You got a fancy accent, man. You from Britain, you on holidays? I'm like, yeah. He's like, why are you going to this area, man? This area is pretty, pretty shady, man. Like, it's oh, you shouldn't really be your life. going there if you're backpacking. I'm like, man, it's just where my accommodation is. I explained the concept of Airbnb to him. And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm hoping it'll be all right. I've got a code to get on. And as we pull up the street, like, I realize what he means. Because as soon as we go down the street, it looks like the red light district. Like, mm. it's all these sort of, you know, those American houses with the porches on the front. Yeah. All at like loads of them in a row. But on every porch is like a woman in like a kimono and like a bra and pants. And like, clearly, it's like where everyone goes. But like, it's like the unofficial red light district or something. The only house that doesn't have a lady in a kimono on is the house I'm going into. For some okay. reason, and this just gave it a bit more fear, just a bit more of an element. <laughs> What's of- wrong with this house? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's got two cats just patrolling the porch. <laughs> and I like cats, but in this particular environment, I was like, what kind of mythological story am I in here? What's going to go on when I open the door? So I open the door, I put the code in. The cats are actually really friendly, but I open the code, walk through the corridor, everything seems normal at first. Go into the like, living room slash kitchen, and there's like two people on a breakfast bar, like a, mid, a mid-30s guy who's French and like an old American guy. And they just sat like on these high chairs on this breakfast bar eating cereal. And they are both butt naked. <laughs> Not an item of clothing <gasps> on them, except the French guy had glasses on. Oh my God. I skitzed out. I did not know what was going on. I thought it was like, I didn't even click that it might have been like a nudist accommodation. Like that would surely be in the description. Well, surely. So I, yeah. So I thought it was like these two guys, I don't know, just had some weird gay breakfast fetish or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I gave them the British response ever. I was like, all right, guys, you know, it is, um, um, you know, you guys just finish up whatever it is you're doing in here. You're like, sorry to I'm interrupt. Go in my bedroom when you guys get your clothes back on and you know finish your stuff. Like, just come grab me and I come out and say hello. Go out my bedroom. Like, what on earth is going on here? Where am I? About five minutes later, like, knock on my door, and the French guy comes through, uh, and he's like, uh, "Excuse me, he's wearing nothing again, but his glasses." Like, you might think you have uh, the wrong idea. This is uh, nothing uh, sexual. This is a, a, a nudist hotel. Are you not aware? And I was like, no, I'm not aware. And I haven't looked through all my emails. On the first hostel that I've been booked in, it says nothing about being a nudist hostel there. But the one he's moved me to does state in the description that it's a nudist <laughs> hostel because he said it's so last minute. I don't know what his game was. Yeah, was there's no time for you to check. Something. Oh, yeah, my God. Yeah, I just God. basically signed up for that reading properly that it was a nudist hostel. And you know what? I thought, take an apple. I'm a liberal, innit? You know, if you're going to call yourself a liberal, you got to at least try when different it lifestyles. When you got, yeah, you gotta give it a go. So I tried, like, I just tried for about an hour or so, just you know, chill naked. But like, he's like, so you just got your dick out as well? Oh, dick out and everything. It wasn't for <sighs> me, like, 
you know, I'm making my breakfast, I'm frying an egg and the oil is splattering off. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. And then I was just like, honestly, an egg sandwich is very much ruined when you just stare at it, scrotum. Like, when it's just <laughs> in your face right there, like, scrotum like, oh, is the last thing you need to see. Old scrotum. balls when you're eating oh, breakfast. God. after about an hour, I just found somebody on couch surfing and left. And then yeah. uh, funny, funny yeah. little tidbit that didn't too directly related to the story, but did happen. And I was getting out, I was waiting my taxi on the front of the porch let's get the fuck out of this yeah, crazy area right. what on right. is happening uber driver pulls up looking like a bit shifty like not shifty but just a bit like concerned he's like looking around and then he sees me and i'm like i take my uh my bag off like i run to his car and like i fell over with the bag on and i get up put my bag in his in the back of his in his boot and then i get in the front seat of the car and when i'm in the the, the front seat of the car he just looks to me and he's this big jovial african-american man looks like killer mike and he just literally looks at me with the biggest smile on his face he looks as relieved as i've ever seen anyone oh man when i told i had to get a, a uber to this area i thought oh no jermaine you're gonna get jacked you're gonna get robbed they're gonna take your car then i saw your stupid ass falling over with your stupid bag and i was like hallelujah jermaine you ain't getting robbed i'm glad that i can reassure you with my my clumsiness. <laughs> my first holiday, if you can call it a holiday, mm-hmm. I don't think you like really understand. But <laughs> like if you if you if you're misbehaving at school, if you come from an ethnic family, your parents will just take you out of school and send you to your country of origin, <laughs> make you know how lucky you are. Oh my god! Have you heard of this? Wow! Wow! So what happened? So yeah, like I was just, you know, taking the mic, not really paying attention in school. And so my parents took me out of school in Newcastle and sent me like India for three weeks in the middle of the school year, which I think probably wasn't the best for my academic grades, but well, it did no. really make me realise what How I did I get signed off? Mind. How did I get approved by the school? But then it was loose with health and safety and political correctness and all that, you know. I mean, but then you could film your nativity place. <laughs> now you go and take your little niece or nephew, you're not allowed to film, and then you've got to agree to a professional photographer or filmer filming it to make sure nobody's a nonce like that. <laughs> didn't happen back in my day. <laughs> Just like, days. yeah, everyone bring your cameras out. Yeah. Random guy who doesn't have any kids here, you can film the kids as well, yeah. You come Hang here out. every year, don't you? But yeah, I went to uh, India and like, it was a bit of a wake-up call. Like, um, you know, but I had fun living with my uncle actually, but like, you know, we didn't have a bath or a shower. We had like a hose and a bucket. Wow. And the worst one was, uh, you've been to France. Have you ever come across like, any of the traditional French toilets? Oh, yes. I've been in many a traditional... Fr- the hole in the ground. The hole in the ground. Well, they're also traditional Indian toilets. How mm. did you... Do you know that's actually how you're meant to take a poo? It is, it is. That is how you're supposed to do it, isn't it? But oh, I see, like, an, an article in the papers, and it was like, we've been shitting wrong our entire lives. We have. Doesn't <laughs> mean I'm going to do like, it, not, but... <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's better for you the back of your legs and your cardio to squat with the hole in the ground. How did you navigate... What age were you when you first came across a hole in the ground? I was quite young, I think, because, yeah, I've been going to France since I was a kid. I think I was probably, like, six or seven, and I was like... Six or seven, so same age as me, so, like, yeah. how did you react? What did you think? I was like... <laughs> I was like, do you know what? I need a wee, so I'm going for it. <laughs> Just did a squat. It's different when you're a girl. Well, it's different when you're a girl, but, yeah. Yes, well, so for me, I, I, I went in and I seen it, and I, 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 was, I was in two minds, uh, and I was thinking, you know, be a brave boy, you can do it. But then, obviously, because it's Indian, it's in, like, the mountains of India... I saw what at the time at six years old, 
appeared to me to be like a dragon in that toilet. <laughs> it was probably just a gecko, but I saw like a full <laughs> dragon, like, you know, Daenerys Targaryen sitting on the back of it in the middle of this toilet. That's what it appeared like to me. I absolutely, well, I didn't shit myself, but I did, I was <laughs> That's what you scared. wanted to do, yeah. <laughs> if only. I didn't use the toilet and forced my poor uncle every morning to take me to the KFC on the high street, which had a west <laughs> and use the toilet there. A bargain bucket and a shite. <laughs> oh, exactly that. Uh, not proud Crazy. of it looking back, but I saw a <laughs> you dragon. Gotta do you got to do look. You got to do what you got to do. Exactly that. That's amazing. So did you learn your lesson? Were you like, fuck this? <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm definitely going to pay a bit more attention in school just so I can have access to a toilet with running water. And I never want to have to go through dragons in the toilet ever again. I never want to have to beg my uncle to take me to care. That's even like by now, I've done a lot of degrading things in my life by 30 years old, but I still think that's one of the most degrading things I've, I've ever had to do, beg my uncle to take me to KFC so I can have a shit. So what would be your kind of ideal or like dream holiday? Like if you could go anywhere with anyone, where are you going? Who are you taking? Do you know what? I, I feel like I, I've never quite done the lads holiday properly. I'd, I, I love going to Blackpool. Like the <laughs> I nice. absolutely love the cheapness, the tackiness. Like I went one time and they're still selling three pound pints of calling at a theme park. They sell 20 Labbert and Butler at the theme park. Just like some parent whipping away sings in front of a child as they queue up for the roller coaster. Still selling cockles and oysters. Incredible. I love that kind of vibe. And I feel like as much fun as I did have interrailing, I never quite like had one of those long weeks away with the boys where you just get pissed and are a mess. Yeah, and, and it's I'd just love to do like a great. Benidorm. When we were interrailing, one night in Zanti. I did Zanti. I've done Benidorm both amazing i did so jack yeah. ledo was on the podcast previously and he was talking about going to benidorm we had a whole chat about benidorm and it is fucking yeah if you if you love blackpool this is like blackpool with like stun like fun yeah that's either like, i would love a week there you need with, to like, get on it i think that's gonna be my stag like a weekend in benidorm or something like that yeah. so i do have a couple of bonus questions as well to like wrap it Go up ahead. so first one would you cruise like as oh a holiday, God. like go on okay. a cruise. Not because like asking a man if he cruise is a very leading question. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, we've had that confusion a couple of times. Already. That's like gay <laughs> dogging, isn't it? That's like would I pull up behind the park and try and solicit other men walking by for sex? No, no. Yeah. Would you go the on a that cruise? That is no, because as much as I enjoyed my time in Berlin, I'm afraid to say I'm not homosexual <laughs> nor bi, so I wouldn't cruise in that regard. However, would I go on a cruise? Yes, I know. Like, it would be my first idea for holiday. I used to do loads, but like, only two-day ones because, like, they were the mm. cheap holidays from Newcastle, Amsterdam. You'd get the ship. Yeah, the Newcastle, Amsterdam booze cruise is, like, iconic. Yeah, <laughs> there's, like, when you were a kid, there was, like, a swimming pool, a cinema. Ooh. And even as an adult, there was, like, a casino, like, a dance floor. There's loads of stuff going on. It's, it's got goodbye. everything you need in one place. Like, it's great. Exactly that. I mean, I'd love to perform on a cruise, but I think, mm. like, I'd, if I was going to do a cruise, I'd rather get paid because... For talking sure. to other comedians it just sounds like a very lonely experience yeah it's just definitely. you and a lot of people who are on the verge of death going around like the caribbean you know eating ice cream and nice food but like i think it's uh jason cook tells a wonderful story about how like they have ice cream days on cruises and what okay. an ice cream day actually is is because the average age of people on cruises is so old it's just pensioners who've retired who are looking for something to do that isn't much exertion so many of them die that the moratorium gets too full 
and they have oh, to start no, putting people in the freezer to preserve their bodies because obviously going to be holding them for three months before they get back to the UK and they can return their families. And so to make room in the freezer, they call <laughs> ice cream day where everybody gets free ice cream. Oh my God, there's something so jolly but covering up something so fucking dark. So dark. That is so dark. Wow. Okay, that is... Wow, actually, that is enough to put someone off cruising. Jesus. Okay. Yeah, I'm cruising them a little bit older, but I think nowadays, unless unless I was booked to perform, I'm not. Yeah. Sure nowadays it's like before. I'll do it if I'm paid. Fair enough. Cool. Second bonus question: uh, What what is your favourite motorway services? Ooh, that's a big question, isn't it? Um, it is for a comedian. That is a big question. It's something that like grinds my gears. I get very northern about. It. I feel like it's a north <laughs> north south divide with the service stations. You know what I mean? Mm. You got the service stations down south. Like I was furious when we pulled up at that one on the way to Swansea when we we're doing that gig because <laughs> they had a Leon, a McDonald's. That was they were bougie. Twenty four hours. That's a, yeah, bougie good. Where food. was that? Um, oh my god! The ones up north have got just you know like a Greg's and a W yeah. and Smith. And the ones up it. north and they shut at like nine p.m. But there is one in the north, which I absolutely love. It's in Scotland on the west coast somewhere. And there's just loads of uh, either geese or swans that hang around the car park. And you can get right up close to them and just sort of like pretend you're in a family of geese. I really <laughs> enjoy that. I have done that a few times. I do love a bit of wildlife with my motorway yeah. services, it has to be said. <laughs> just pretend you're with the called, geese. It's in between like Glasgow and Carlisle somewhere. Are you thinking of T-Bay, the one with the farm shop? Is that the one with the geese? The bougie one. The geese! That's your main takeaway. The, car park. the duck park. That's how I recognise it. If I pull in the car park, and there are just hang on. How is that your main takeaway? T-Bay has come up before on this podcast because it is, but like mostly because of how like bougie it is. But like there's a farm shop. No, not ring it. There's like wooden. I don't have bean. a family of geese. <laughs> it doesn't have a family of geese. It's not my favourite service station. Tegan, that's how much I know. Geese or bust. <laughs> <laughs> 